Welcome to Your Excellent You, a self-development podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Danielle, and I believe that success is achieved from the inside out. I'm a certified life coach with over a decade of experience running a profitable online business. Here's what I know for sure. Being an entrepreneur is a crash course in self-development. So I'm taking everything I've learned throughout my business building journey and sharing it with you. If you want practical, actionable insights to improve your mindset and grow your business, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started on today's episode. Today, I want to talk about how clearing the clutter in your mind can also clear the clutter on your calendar. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with too much to do, too much going on, and you can't work on the things that you want to work on because you're so busy working on everything else, I'm going to talk about how all of that external manifestation of chaos and overwhelm, it all starts inside your mind. And it's some of the programming we have that we don't even realize exists. So I'm going to tell you about one of my clients. Her name is Ruby. So back when I was in certified coach training, one of the things we had to do was find a weight loss client and take them through a very specific um, type of training to help them overcome whatever their personal issue is with losing weight. So we call it overeating at the Life Coach School. So it's not really about weight loss. It's really focused on why are we eating more than we want to or than our body needs. And so when I started working with Ruby, one of the things that was really interesting was as soon as we started working together, she set the goal. She wanted to lose 100 pounds. And that is a lot of weight. Don't get me wrong. That is a very ambitious goal. And I admired her for setting such a high bar. Obviously, we were not going to do that in our six weeks together, but we were going to give her a really good foundation so that she could continue moving forward with reaching her goal. So the thing about Ruby that you should know is that losing 100 pounds was not something she was unfamiliar with. She had actually lost 100 pounds a few years ago. And what happened was it was a competition. She was aiming to win a big prize. She won the prize. She lost the 100 pounds. And then the very next day, the weight started slowly coming back on. And so she knew how to lose 100 pounds. This was not a new thing to her. What she didn't know was how to keep 100 pounds off of her body because she worked in a specific way to lose that weight. And it worked for her to lose the weight, but it was not something she could actually sustain to maintain the weight loss. And so when we started coaching, we almost immediately, I uncovered that she had some very strong ideas about what she needed to do to lose weight because it had worked for her in the past and it worked really well. She had lost the weight and won the prize. But what she wasn't really open to and was really interesting was that although that might get her the results she wants, was it really the best way to lose the weight? And I'll go ahead and tell you, she used calorie counting and calorie deficits in order to exist every day at a calorie deficit with exercise and low eating in order to lose that that weight in a very short amount of time. And so when we started to talk about how she could lose the weight in a way that was true and authentic to her and how she could keep it off in the long term, 
she kept defaulting back to the idea of counting calories. She, she told me many times, I know what I need to do. I just need to, you know, eat these certain meals. I need to exercise a certain way. And it was really, she had in her mind a very conditioned idea of what weight loss required for her. The thing is, it worked, right? She had plenty of proof that it was a great choice because it worked. But what she didn't see initially is that although it did work for that immediate result, it wasn't a long-term plan for her because she couldn't maintain it in her everyday life. So when I was working with her, we started undoing all of this conditioning she had around weight loss, all of these ideas about what it took to lose weight, and we had to start over and try to rebuild some new ideas, ones that incorporated a long-term strategy, not just here's how you lose it, hit the goal, and then let go of everything. So what's interesting about this, uh, this is not a weight loss episode, is that I recently found myself in the same mindset as Ruby as I was building my coaching business, which it's really quite fascinating to see myself, to discover that I was handling building this business the same way that Ruby was handling her wanting to lose weight again. What's even more fascinating to me is that unlike Ruby, the way I built my first business, the business that I now run in my part-time as a part-time CEO, that business, it's successful on its own. And I didn't use any of the things that I'm trying to force myself to do right now in this business. So let me go ahead and tell you about that. So my first business was an idea that I kind of threw out into the world. Let's see what happens. And it got some momentum. And it was really very just an organic process. I had a, an idea. This was back in 2009. And so back then, if you wanted to sell online, it was um, you pretty much had to sell pretty much on eBay or you had to get a website, build your own website. eBay was the, the number one selling platform at the time. And I didn't want to do eBay because my products, the idea I had, they weren't eBay type of products. They weren't, you know, cute bows for kids or anything like that. It was really a little bit more artistic. I knew eBay wasn't the right choice, but I didn't know what was. And I listened to that gut. I didn't try to force this business on eBay just because that was the number one platform. I really just listened and said, you know, that's not the right place for me. I decided to build a website. And this is back in the day when you uh, didn't have WordPress and all these wonderful platforms. You had to use HTML to build a website. And since this was in the e-commerce space, I had no idea what I was doing. I just took one of those what you see is what you get software programs, designed my website, got hosting, and threw it out on the internet. And I had no clue what was going on, but I didn't let that stop me. I just took the next best step and figured it out. But I did listen to like what was right and what was wrong. Like, I'm not going to go on eBay. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try to get on some other selling platform right away and figure it out. I built a website and in that process, all I did was I experimented and I learned and I followed my curiosity. I had no rules because I simply didn't know better. I didn't know right from wrong. I just did what felt right and I went with that. And so then once I had some success and I was actually getting some orders back before I knew anything about SEO or any of those things, I knew that this was really a, a viable idea, that what I wanted to sell was viable. Back then, I also opened an Etsy shop. Etsy was brand new and it was literally for artisans. 
And that also gave me some proof like, oh, people really want this. Okay, great. You know, what can I do with this now? And so back then, I knew nothing about e-commerce. And once I had enough viable interest, I went ahead and hired a coach. And I hired someone who was experienced in e-commerce, a business coach, because I really just didn't know what I was doing. And I thought, okay, maybe somebody can help me. I'd had made enough money that I could afford to hire someone, my first real business coach. And I learned in her program some really valuable information, such as the importance of an email list, how SEO works, which is search engine optimization, um, how long tail keywords to do the research for that. I mean, the list goes on. I was doing none of this before I met her. It was quite valuable. But when she got to the part about talking about the marketing strategies, and she taught me about the idea of scarcity marketing and using pricing to kind of manipulate people's sense of value. But oh, that's a good deal. That one's not those sort of things. Using all these different tactics for marketing. And she explained to me at the time, we should use you should use these tactics because they work like this is how you get sales. This is what people do. And so when I learned about using these strategies, and she was telling me about them, I felt really conflicted, because this was new to me. And something about it just didn't sit right. And although I knew they would work, but I really did not feel like they were the right tactics for my business, for my brand. I also suspected that if I were to implement them, I would be surrendering my natural process, the sort of organic, being in touch with the people who buy it, being in touch with what I was creating, that I would be trading that natural process for something more contrived. And I did try. I, I spent a lot of time working behind the scenes, seeing how I could make it work. How can I do this? How can I make that happen? I I thought about using all those scarcities. Oh, this is on sale for this long. And ultimately, even after hours of work, I mean, days and months of working on these ideas and trying to come up with some way to make it fit into my business, I ultimately decided against it. And at the time, I gave myself permission to take what resonated in her wisdom and implement it and then just leave the rest of it. Back then, I just did what felt right. And I reminded myself all the time, I'm the boss here. I get to decide what my values are. And even if it goes against the commonly accepted best practices, I was just going to do what felt right because that's what it was for. This, it was just a fun project for me that I was really enjoying. And once I started applying all these rules and expectations and shoulds and shouldn'ts, it stopped being fun and started being a lot more stressful and a lot more work for me. What's interesting is that business, it has grown easily and organically year over year, and it's been profitable from day one. I baked profitability in from the start because I wasn't interested in working very hard in a business that that didn't turn a profit. Today, as I've mentioned many times, I still run that business as a part-time CEO with the help of an amazing team. And it's still, it's a very organic process. I don't run ads. I have tried it. It didn't do well for me. I focus on the things that matter and my business is growing and growing and growing and it's truly organic and word of mouth. In contrast, and as we get back to what I started this about the clutter in your mind and the clutter in your calendar, when I started my coaching business, this business, I didn't start it with the same curious experimentation approach that I did my first one. I really wanted to fast track what happened. I knew 
but there's a lot of value in working with people, getting mentors to bring you on board to help you know what you don't know. And so I invested very early on with mentors to help me understand what I needed. I decided that if I was going to invest a lot of money to work with an expert, I was going to follow every step and do everything they suggested because I wanted to make sure that I was doing it right so I could get the results that they were promising. And I did that with my first mentor, very first business mentor that I hired. I enrolled, I followed every single suggestion and I launched and I bombed. That didn't work out very well. And it was frustrating and heartbreaking because I did everything right that I thought I possibly could and it didn't work out. So then I thought, well, maybe it was the format. Maybe I'm not meant to start a course and run a webinar with ads. Maybe what I need to do is really, maybe my audience really just wants a membership. So then I hired a different mentor, somebody who could teach me about running a membership. And I followed their process step by step. And I launched a membership and it bombed. And then I hired another mentor. Okay, it's not courses, it's not memberships. Maybe I need to try something different. And guess what happened? Another failed launch. And it took me a long time and a lot of money to come to this very harsh realization. I have spent thousands of dollars and wasted months and months and months of my time to have someone else teach me their success path. And I've spent very little time and energy to find my own. I was in such a rush to get to some imagined point that I've spent time and money and I would never say I wasted it, but it wasn't the best use of either. And this is where I get to Ruby. Ruby was the same way. When I met with her, she had listened to mentors. She had gotten results from her mentors and was really clinging to those ideas that losing weight had to look a certain way, just like I was clinging to the ideas that building a coaching business had to look a certain way. And that if there was a problem, then really what I needed to do was just switch the mentor. That mentor system didn't work. I need a different system. As I think about this, and I think about my rush to get to this goal post, this end point, I remember the book, the character actually, named Santiago in the book, The Alchemist. And if you read the book, you'll understand this analogy, but I won't discuss it in too much depth because it'll spoil the ending if you have not read it. The character Santiago, he has a goal and he sets out on an adventure. And when he finally gets to the place where he believes he's going to get his literal fortune, he discovers it's not there. And I will stop with that because the plot twist is at the end and I don't want to ruin it. It's not there. I felt like Santiago in my coaching business. I felt like I had gone on this journey only to find out that where I ended up and all the time and all the energy and all the effort, I just ended up and it wasn't even there. And so looking back now, it's fascinating to observe how easily and organically my first business grew and how much my coaching business stalled. And I can clearly see the relationship between following my own inspiration to build my business and following someone else's. So why am I telling you all of this? I'm sharing this because a lot of my clients come to me with a calendar filled with should items. Just like Ruby had her should, I should only eat this. I should be doing this. My clients come to me with a list of I'm supposed to be doing this, this, and this. That's the accepted standard. 
In fact, back when I asked Ruby about why she was so gung-ho on the calorie counting, that's literally what she told me because that's what you should do to lose weight. It was a fact in her mind and in my clients' minds when they show up with a calendar that if it were a paper planner would be like one of those portfolios stuffed with a bunch of post-it notes and scraps of paper and like you couldn't even zip it up and close it. It's just overfilled and pouring out and things are dropping as you move it. That's what their calendars tend to look like when they show up to me. And so it's because they're struggling to do everything. And they, they've they just accepted, just like Ruby, that these best practices that have worked so well for someone else, they don't question ever if what they're following is the right choice for them for sustained and continued success. Any system will get you to your endpoint and get you the result. But can you sustain it? Just like Ruby. She got to her 100-pound weight loss, but she couldn't sustain it because it was somebody else's system and not a system that fit into her life and worked for her. So my clients, the ones who come up to me or come to me for help because they're not doing the things that they know are important and it's because they're drowning in the things that they should be doing, they're told things such as they need to show up on social media a certain way or that their website needs a certain layout, that their sales page and email copy should follow a specific formula or won't convert, they won't get clients. And so the joy, fun, and excitement in their business, it's been replaced with expectation and obligation. And they never ask themselves, just like I didn't for a long time either, what do I want to do? What feels right for me and my business? And here's what I want to share with you. At the end of the day, no one has the secret to building your successful business. There's not a formula for success. It does not exist. It's a path and you have to find your own. You have to find your formula for success. And so if you are doing everything you can and your calendar is way overloaded and out of balance with what you should be doing because you have been told this is the commonly accepted practice to get results, I invite you to question all of that. So how do we do that? How do we undo all the conditioning and get our calendar clear and clean. We start by looking at what we're doing and we analyze every single thing on our calendar and ask ourselves, am I doing this because it feels right or because I've been told it's what I should be doing to have success? You have to really weigh everything and ask yourself, does this feel right for me? Do I enjoy this? And then after you're honest with yourself, take the list of things that you're doing because someone said you should. The next step is to be brave enough to eliminate all of them. If it's not lighting you up inside, if you're not thrilled and excited, then it shouldn't be on your list because that energy comes through in the end result. And I use the word brave on purpose. For many of us, we cling to our should-do list as if it's a life preserver. We hang on to habits, actions, activities, and sometimes even relationships and partnerships because of our fear that without those things, we will sink. More precisely, that we will fail. What happens is we exhaust ourselves by hanging on rather than discovering if we can even float on our own. This is how many of my clients come to me. They're worn out from trying to hang on to a hundred life preservers, all of the shoulds from all of the places in their life, 
rather than discovering what would happen if they simply let go. Most people think that mindset is about positive thinking, and there's a part of it that is about that, but it's not the powerful part of doing mindset work. The powerful part is being willing to deprogram ourselves from the shoulds that we've adopted as truth instead of recognizing that they're only suggestions. If you want more ease and flow in your business, if you want to create balance in your life between home and work, if you want success to show up at your door like the Amazon delivery guy, it starts with a long, hard look at how you're spending your time and then being brave enough to release the things that aren't right for you. I invite you to look at your list of obligations this week, everything on your calendar. What should do items would you like to let go of? And what's keeping you from letting them go? If you're struggling with getting clear on what's worth keeping and what's worth releasing, I do offer a one-time clarity session that's intended to help you sift through the overwhelm and to get answers about where you are meant to spend your time, your energy, and your focus. You can learn more about all of this by visiting yourexcellentyou.com forward slash clarity. That's it for this week, my friends. I'll be back again next week with more tips and insights to help you step into your next best self. Bye for now. Thanks for being here today. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a moment to leave a review. Not only does it help me, but it allows other entrepreneurs like you to find this podcast. I'll be back next week with more practical, actionable insights to help you improve your mindset and grow your business. Talk to you soon.